Hello, everyone. Brandon Julian here, of course, the host of the update. We're going into the update vault to play one of our many episodes from throughout our many years of this program. For today's episode, we go into the world of 2020, or as we call it around here, year number four of the update. Year number four, if you remember, was a very weird year. We started the year off in the WKRB studios and then had to go out on the road in the middle of a pandemic, no less. But somehow, some way, we still managed to find a way to make it work. Oh, and one last thing about this episode. After the show was uh, aired and published, one of my former producers who happened to be listening to the show called me up and invited me out to lunch. How about that? This is the update with Brandon Julian, reporting tonight on the road. And a very pleasant Thursday to you, Brandon Julian, in Stuyvesant Square Park, actually near a statue of Peter Stuyvesant, the director and general of New Netherland from 1647 to 1664. Uh, also, Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital is across the street, as, why, as is NYU Langone Orthopedic. We have a lot of news to get to. We're going to begin this Thursday with uh, the latest remarks from Governor Cuomo. In addition to the order of masks being worn in the general public in areas where you can't wear so maintain social distancing, he also said that you must wear a mask when riding any sort of public transportation system that includes private transport carriers and for hire vehicles. And the operators of these must wear a mask at all times. That goes into effect uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock. He also extended the New York pause with the other states until May 15th. He said that he can see progress to governor, but now is not the time to take our foot off the gas pedal just yet. In his address today, the mayor said that New York City is expecting to take a nearly $7.5 billion budget hit over the next 15 months because of the virus. Uh, that's according the mayor detailed the planned cuts today. He's asking the president and Congress for an infusion of cash for cities and states. The mayor's office also said in a release that the city so far has spent over $700 million to fight the virus and expects to spend a total of $3.5 billion by the end of December. The city is also getting ready to use 11,000 empty hotel rooms for coronavirus quarantines. Uh, meanwhile, of course, officials are grappling with a projected nearly $7.5 billion loss of tax revenue. Uh, the city, of course, had initially lined up these hotels to become temporary hospitals. But the mayor said today that the city now plans to use the rooms as quarantine sites for some people in crowded apartments, for the homeless, and for health care workers who don't want to risk infecting family members. Uh, meanwhile, the mayor detailed planned cuts and called for federal help to handle the projected $7.5 billion tax revenue loss over the next 15 months. 
Yesterday, the governor signed an executive order that state residents will now be required to wear face coverings when they're out and coming in close contact with others. The new mandate will require a mask or face covering on the busy streets, public transit, or any situation where people cannot maintain the six feet of social distancing. The mandate will go into effect tomorrow. Meanwhile, the mayor is also urging a cautious and deliberative approach to reviving the economy. Federal prosecutors now say that former New York State Senate leader Dean Skelos was likely to be released from prison after testing positive for the virus. The government notified a Manhattan federal judge yesterday that it was told earlier in that day that Dean Skelos was in quarantine after testing positive. He said he has been symptom-free since April 8th. Uh, prosecutors say that the U.S. Bureau of Prisons said that Skelos will be approved for furlough and home confinement once his proposed residence has been approved by U.S. Probation Department authorities. Uh, Skelos has been serving, of course, a four-year and three-month prison term at the federal prison in Otisville. He was convicted of extortion, wire fraud, and bribery. there's been lots of debate over what's been deemed essential during this New York pause, but about 10 Mr. Softy ice cream truck owners in Brooklyn are now disregarding requests from from their headquarters by peddling popsicles, even as the government is restricting business during the outbreak. Mr. Softy Vice President Mike Conway says that the company asks drivers to stop operating here in the city, but can't require its franchisees to stop working because food trucks have been deemed essential in New York State. One driver said that he's not concerned about risking public safety because he has hardly had any customers, evidenced by a huge drop in sales. We know that Andrew Cuomo's brother, uh, Governor Cuomo, I should say, his brother, Chris Cuomo, uh, has uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And now Chris Cuomo says that his wife, Christina, has been diagnosed with the virus. The CNN anchor revealed last month, of course, that he was diagnosed with the virus. And at the time, he said he hoped that he would not infect his wife and children. Uh, Cuomo made the announcement on CNN during an interview with his brother, Governor Cuomo. Has said that his symptoms have caused high fevers and even hallucinations. He said that his wife is fine and is taking the diagnosis in stride. And of course, we told you yesterday about how the official death toll from the virus in the city has soared after authorities started to include people who died without ever being tested. City officials reported over 3,700 probable deaths, where doctors were certain enough of the cause of death to list it on the death certificate. Uh, combined with virus deaths confirmed by a lab test, that would put the number of total fatalities in the city over 10,000. The challenge, of course, in the cities is accounting of fatalities is coming after officials acknowledged that statistics based on only lab-confirmed tests were failing to account for many people that were dying at home before they ever reached a hospital. There is other news of this Thursday to get to, and we will address those when the update with Brandon Julian returns in just 30 seconds. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. 
It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. Some of the other news of this Thursday. Up north in Ramapo, an attorney for the man, Grafton Thomas, has been accused of committing an anti-Semitic attack with a machete, now wants the body of the victim who died to be exhumed. The Journal News is reporting that attorney Michael Sussman wants the body of Joseph Newman exhumed for an autopsy. Newman, of course, is one of the five people who were injured in the attack on a rabbi's home in Muncie back on December 28th. Excuse me. Sussman said on Tuesday that an autopsy needs to be conducted to discern if Newman's death is a result of the attack. Uh, Grafton Thomas has been indicted on federal hate crime charges and state charges, including attempted murder. He has pleaded not guilty. Out west in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, Texas Monthly Editor Texas Monthly Taco Editor Jose R. Rolot has now written a new book that examines the evolution of one of the world's most popular dishes, the American Taco. American Taco is a history and guide. It's a lifelong project based on Rolot's travels throughout the U.S. He also examines the global reach of a food that transcends borders, barriers, and bullets. He found Indomex or Desi Tex tacos in Houston, where restaurants use alo tiki, sag paneer, and curries. In Oregon and Florida, he stumbled upon K-Mex Asian fusion tacos that use Korean fried chicken or big eye tuna sashimi. Back here in New York, a judge now has delayed the trial for the two associates of Rudy Giuliani on charges that they made illegal campaign contributions. The men, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, have both pleaded not guilty. Uh, judge J. Paul Okatine moved the new trial date yesterday from early October to February 1st. Giuliani, of course, is a former mayor of New York and has served as a personal attorney to President Trump. Parnas and Fruman were arrested back in October on charges that they used foreign money to make illegal campaign donations while lobbying U.S. politicians to oust the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Uh, Two others have also pleaded not guilty in this case. And finally, authorities say that a New York City man has been arrested after he texted several friends that he was going to blow up a statue of Alice in Wonderland in Central Park with a pipe bomb. Prosecutors say that 30-year-old Kevin Fallon was arrested on Saturday after police found what appeared to be three pipe bombs in his apartment. The bombs turned out to be empty. According to court papers, Fallon sent a text to several people on April 9th threatening to blow up the Central Park statue of Alice the Mad Hatter and other Tea Party guests. An email seeking comment was sent to Fallon's attorney. There is other sports news and national news to address, and we will address both of them when the update with Brady Julian returns in just 60 seconds. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I spend a lot of time in my backyard. I feed the birds and the bees. I love my flowers. The color in my garden keeps the pink of my cheeks. 
I was very independent and thought I could take care of myself. I fell and I had to have meals on wheels. I love them. They're my savior. And I look forward to volunteers because they've all become my friends. It's Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. Welcome back, everyone. Let's talk some sports on this Thursday. Out in Stanford, Connecticut, uh, the WWE has started releasing some professional wrestlers and budget cuts that have been related to the coronavirus. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The order from DeSantis allows WWE to put on shows without fans in the Orlando area. Uh, the WWE announced yesterday that it made various moves to cut costs and improve cash flow. Several top stars under contract were let go, including wrestlers known professionally as Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And out in Charlotte, in North Carolina, uh, Michael Jordan says his final NBA championship season with the Bulls was a trying year. Uh, Jordan told GMA via video conference today from his home in Florida that the Bulls Bulls were all trying to enjoy that year, knowing that the dynasty was coming to an end. Uh, Jordan appeared on the show to promote The Last Dance, a 10-part documentary series that was focused on the final year of the 90s Bulls dynasty that won six NBA titles in eight years. It begins airing on ESPN and internationally on Netflix on Sunday night. Let us talk some national news this Thursday. Out west in Seattle, before the stay-at-home orders are lifted, the nation's public health agencies want to be ready to douse any new sparks of coronavirus infection, a task that they say could require tens of thousands more investigators. Many of those extra workers would help with so-called contract tracing, the critically important process of calling people who test positive, tracking down their contents, and getting them into quarantine. But the exact number of workers needed is a subject of debate. But some agencies are so desperate that they are considering recruiting librarians and the Peace Corps volunteers to join in the effort. Have you ever liked or commented on a Facebook post about the pandemic that turned out to be a hoax? Well, the social media company says it's going to be notifying users if they liked, reacted, or commented on harmful misinformation removed from Facebook's newsfeed. Facebook will then direct those users to information about virus myths debunked by the World Health Organization. Facebook says that people will start seeing these warning messages in the coming weeks. Conspiracy theories, of course, about the origin of the virus and the vaccines being developed to prevent it still pop up daily on the social media platforms. 
Our thought for today is from Charles Chaplin, the English actor turned comedian turned broadcaster, excuse me, turned director, born on this date in 1889 and died in 1977. Our thought for today is, we think too much and feel too little. I'll let you guys ponder on that as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Thursday, April the 16th, 2020. That's the update this Thursday. I'm Brianna Julian. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.